Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic Story Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm your other host, Harless. For those of you who are just joining us today for the first time, the Magic Story Podcast recaps the fiction story behind the card game Magic the Gathering. And Natalie and I throw in our own bits of flavor text along the way. Whether you've been playing Magic for years or just discovered it yesterday, this podcast has something for you. And we are in the heart of season... What season are we on? Seven now? Seven. Seven, right. Okay, seven. Wow. Okay, so this season is following the set Murders at Karlov Manor. And today's episode is a recap of episode six of the fiction story, which is titled Explosions of Genius, and it's written by Shauna McGuire. Join us as we head into the multiverse. So we're going to switch things up today, and I am not going to do the recap. I'm going to have Harless do the recap. Okay, bear with me. This is my first recap, I think. I think this might be my first recap. One of the the first ones. Yeah, it's been... If it's not the first one, it's been a while. So this season, we are following Planeswalker Kaya as she has come back to her home plane of Ravnica and discovered that all is not well here. She and Detective Kellen, as well as Detective Aquist Proft, are currently exploring what could be behind the murder of Guildmaster Zagana as well as Guildmaster Tesa Karlov. So Kaya and Kellen have been running around trying to figure this out on their own, while simultaneously Atrada and Aquas Proft have been running around kind of in the shadows to do some exploring of their own. Last episode, we followed Kellen and Kaya as they traveled to Vitu Ghazi, which is where the tree of the guild Selesnia is now growing. And this tree is called the Tristani, and it is um, made up of three dryads. So they were able to go there, speak with their Tristani, and they were able to look at the guild pact. Now, why were they looking at the guild pact? Well, that is because Judith, remember uh, our horned Rakdos friend, had sent them there saying that, well, there's probably something interesting in the Guild Pact. Now, Natalie and I currently don't trust Judith. We don't think that uh, we can we can believe anything that she says. Is she sending them on a wild goose chase? Is she responsible? We don't know yet. But either way, Judith is definitely up to something. Now, while they're doing their investigation, Alquist Proft and Atrada are doing some exploring of their own. And essentially, they had gone back to the last place that Atrada had been before she lost her memory. Remember, she's the one who's being accused of murdering uh, Zagana at the party, at Tasa's party. But when they got there... Alquist found a mysterious substance on her bedside table and he put it into a vial and they went to leave and Massacre Girl showed up, attacked. (laughs) Fortunately, Atrada defended Alquist Proft. Otherwise, there would be a Proft no more. And from there, we followed them as they began to go to find someone who could help tell them what that poison might be. Is that it? That was really well done. (laughs) That was (laughs) a great recap. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I I definitely was winging it there. <laughs> so we are now with Atrada and Proft at the beginning of today's episode, and they are going to visit an old friend of Proft's who could possibly help them solve the mystery behind that strange powder substance that they had found in Atrada's hideout. As Proft explains, they're operating in secrecy here. They need someone with discretion who they can trust. They can't go to the agency because it would reveal Proft's involvement with helping Atrada escape, And they can't go to the guilds either. 
Neither of those parties can know what they're up to and what they found. Prof's solution is an old Izzet friend, a Viashino named Kylux. They enter his workshop through the front door, only to find that the workshop is just in complete shambles, like someone had recently ransacked it, with Kylox nowhere to be found. Now, Proft knows his friend, and Kylox is paranoid by nature. He kind of works in this underground network of Ravnica and has made some enemies in the past, so he'd have had an escape plan if someone decided to come knocking with bad intentions. And I really love this next scene in the story of what Profs does to uncover where Kylox might be hiding his escape route. And I'm going to read this right from the story. Proft moved to the center of the room, not saying a word. The crunch of glass under his feet and Atrada's quiet exclamation of general dismay were both swallowed by the silence. Proft stopped to take another look around before pressing his index fingers together, resting them against his chin and bowing his head in apparent concentration. Thin blue lines spread outward from his feet, racing across the room to crawl up the walls and across the ceiling. They met there, nodding together in an elaborate network of delicate tangles. The space between them lit up blue-white, until the entire room was bathed in a magical glow, propped at the center. Hmm, he said, lowering his hands. This isn't correct. The light pulsed, and the workshop was no longer destroyed. It was perfect and pristine, cluttered as is at workshops so most always were, but with no sign that anything more dramatic than a late-night brainstorming session had ever happened here. The light steadied, flicker fading as the containment system was restored. Slowly, Proft began pacing around the outside of the room, occasionally ruffling through a stack of light-limbed papers or adjusting a pencil that Atrada knew for a fact wasn't actually there anymore. Finally, he paused in front of a patch of wall, squinting at it before looking at the floor. And this scene is just so cool. It's like a combo of is it magic plus Prof's actual magical ability to conjure something in his head to reality. It was just, it was so cool to see. Anyway, Prof determines that the capsized shelf at the wall he's just stopped at has something to do with the escape plan Kylox had. So Etrada lifts the bookshelf off the floor, no big deal, to reveal a rumpled rug that had been obscured. And when Prof pulls back the rug, it reveals nothing. Well, not quite nothing. You see, Prof determines that it is a secret door, not unlike the door to Etrada's hideout, since they're both isn't made. So after Etrada does that same pattern that she used on her door on the floor here, the trap door reveals itself. No one builds a hidey hole like an Izzet inventor, but once they have a mechanism that works, they tend to keep it until someone else manages to come up with something better, said Proft, taking a step back to give her room. It's always amused me that Kylox was so angry about spies in his last shared lab. He's as big a thief as the rest of them. Now down the trap door, Proft and Atrada enter the boiler pits, and it's a web of tangled pipes and exposed steam vents. And Proft and Atrada follow the pipes away from the Izzet district, then meander through a maze of gaps in the pipes that lead into Kylox's secret workshop. And there, hunched over a makeshift drafting desk and writing furiously, was a red Viachino, facial scales reflecting the pallid light of the lantern on the desk's edge. Hello, Kylox, said Proft. You've looked better. Kylox's head jerked up, eyes widening behind their magnifying lenses. Elquist, he exclaimed, dropping his pen. 
Seen more closely, he obviously hadn't escaped the destruction of his workshop unscathed. He was missing several scales, his clothing was torn and disarrayed, and the short spikes atop his head looked as if they'd been brushed backward, creating a prickly hedgehog effect. Proft asks if Kylox can help with the substance they found in Atrada's hideout, but Kylox seems really unnerved and really frightened. We know he's a paranoid person, but it's clear that Kylox has no interest in helping Proft and Atrada solve the mystery, insisting he simply can't help them. No matter how many favors I owe you, I'm not doing this right now. Proft offers to help Kylox in exchange. His friend was clearly attacked and isn't safe, but Kylox says he just can't help him. Everything about the inventor radiated anxiety. The way he stood, the way he moved, the tenor of his voice. I was working. I was working on something secret, something no one was meant to know. What sort of something? asked Proft. Kylox whirled, exploding into motion. The spikes on his head rose in agitation. No, no, not you. I can't tell you. I can tell Ezram, only Ezram. Can you get me to him without being seen? Is that within your power, oh great detective? The way he spoke the words, they weren't praise. He turned them into a cutting insult, and Atrada glanced to Prof to see how the man would react. His expression hadn't changed, and didn't, as the sound of footsteps echoed along the tunnels, racing towards their location. Kylox's eyes widened. They're here, he moaned. Then, a much softer voice, he commanded, Leave me! Hide! So Proft and Atrada find a hiding spot while a pack of goblins rush in from the underground and surround Kylox. Kylox doesn't fight, letting the goblins capture him, and Atrada reaches for her daggers, but Prof stops her, pointing out that Kylox is purposely letting himself be caught so that they can follow him to wherever the goblins are taking him. We switch here to meet up with Kaya and Kellen, who have just returned to the streets of Ravnica after visiting Vidugazi, and they're being followed. A group of six people in long, dark robes followed them, too quickly to have arrived by accident, and fanned out to surround the pair. One of them had a hefty hammer. So without a word, the strangers attack, three grabbing for Kaya, the other three lunging for Kellen. Kaya turns into her ghost form, and that, combined with her daggers, dispatch her attackers. Kellen, meanwhile, is holding his own with his light swords. Much to Kaya's surprise, he takes out two of them, and then he disarms the last person who is surrounded by Kaya and Kellen. Hello, she said. We're your intended victims. You want to tell us why you came after us? The man moved his free arm quickly enough that if he'd been holding another knife, he could have hurt her grievously. Instead, he shoves something that looked like a tiny green sprout into his mouth, triumph lighting up his eyes as he swallowed. Kaya could only stare as the flesh of the man in front of her softened and turned green, growing plush as it transmuted into moss beneath her hand. Then he dissolved, moss scattering across the alley floor, leaving his empty robe to drop to the ground. Kaya danced backward with a wordless sound of disgust, shaking his remains from her fingers. I mean, shaking his remains from Ugh, gross! Yeah, that's pretty awful. And Kellen is actually retching. <laughs> I can just imagine this is pretty gross. Just people turning into moss substance. <laughs> like, that's that's just nasty. So amidst the moss of the remains, though, is a tuft of white fur, which, hmm, that's a little familiar. So Kai and Kellen had just ran across the white wolf Voja last episode. And if you remember, Voja is Tulsimir's companion. So that's interesting. Does it mean anything? I don't know, but it is disturbing. Not having any answers and now even more questions, 
Kaya and Kellen return to the agency where Agris Koss is waiting for them in the foyer. Apparently, Ezra needs to urgently speak with them, specifically with Kaya. When they make it to Ezra's office, he reveals that Tase's killer has been apprehended by the Azorius. A low-level hitman, no guild affiliation, said Ezra. He swears he doesn't know what happened. One minute he was walking through the 8th district, and the next he was in Karlov Manor covered in Tase's blood. He ran. Someone saw him leaving the area, and the Azorius were called. They have him in custody. And just as Kaya is trying to reconcile this, Ezram's office door just bursts open and Aurelia storms in, in her mighty angel fury. And in her grip is a woman in Rakdos colors, tied up and thrashing. And Aurelia throws the woman before Ezram, exclaiming, this woman tried to murder her. This is the one they call Massacre Girl. And her presence proves the cult of Rakdos is behind all of this senseless slaughter. We should have known. I'll gather the legion and we'll march. If the Boros Legion marched to war against another guild with the city in such a delicate state of recovery, everything would collapse. The Demir were missing and the Golgari were in self-imposed exile. Ravnica couldn't afford to lose another guild. This might not be your home anymore. That didn't mean Kaya wanted to see the place burn. Okay, Aurelia, once again, I get it, but chill, girl. <laughs> Everybody's on it. Okay, people are working on it. I can... I, and just, like, how angry would you be if, like, Massacre Girl was sent after you for your hit? Like, if you're Aurelia specifically, like, that would be such an insult to Aurelia, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no no slight to Massacre Girl, right? But this is Aurelia. <laughs> this- well, Ra- Massacre Girl is so, like unhinged and off the wall and has that like harlequin grin and is always saying like really weird stuff and Aurelia is so serious in business she's so serious yeah (laughs) I feel like she would just absolutely despise Massacre Girl and be like really this one this is the one really they sent this is the one (laughs) (laughs) and like I can just imagine the fury of an angel and and there's actually an art piece of this scene which is just so good of Aurelia like kind of like surrounded by her golden aura and is so infuriated and it's terrifying. And I could imagine that Aurelia storming into this tiny office at the agency, just so angry like she is. I mean, yikes. <laughs> like I, I would be terrified if, if I was in that office. Uh, yeah. Well, Kaya though has never been afraid of Aurelia and she begs her to calm down and just wait. And she asks Massacre Girl why she attacked Aurelia, and Massacre Girl claims, are we ready? To have no memory of attacking Aurelia at all. I didn't even get paid, she says. So once again, we have a person, someone attacking a very important guild leader and having no memory I of it. I can't remember it. Yeah, this, exactly. is, this is the same pattern. So there's there's clearly something more here. Kaya reports in that Judith claims to have nothing to do with the murders, despite Aurelia's accusation, and that Judith actually gave them a lead to pursue. They just need time to investigate it. And Kaya, with Agris's help, does manage to convince Aurelia to stand down and let them solve the case, which was what they all agreed on, and not jump to brash conclusions just because she's mad because she got attacked and had to fight back and lost a few of her people in the process. But Aurelia gives them exactly 24 hours. That's it. And if another prisoner is lost, heads will roll. Aurelia, chill. Wow. That is a threat. <laughs> also, also 24 hours to solve this thing. That's it. 
yeah, that's not a lot of time. I mean, considering it took them, you know, it seems like look at how far away Vidu Ghazi is. Like they have to travel there by carriage. Like that's not yeah, a lot of time. This is not, this is not a small place. <laughs> Ravnica is huge and there is a lot to investigate here. They don't even know who's behind it or why all of this is happening. There's so much to figure out still. But Kaya is determined and just says, let's get to work. So we switch back to Atrada and Proft as they are following Kylox and his goblin captors through the boiler works. Turns out the goblins take Kylox right into Krenko's domain. And Krenko immediately begins to question Kylox, demanding that the Izzet Biashino tell him what he knows about the murders. Krenko is just worried for his own skin. But Kylox obviously won't tell him anything and seems more confused than anything, saying that I don't know anything. And Krinko, remember, is that goblin that Tessa was talking to at her party. And we don't know what they were saying, but that was heated, remember? So this is interesting. He was the one by the dessert table. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie will not let that go. The one that I chuckled about. Yeah. (laughs) I just want some cake. Please stop talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. I could just I could just picture it so cleanly. Anyway, <laughs> that would be you at the party, Natalie. <laughs> right. It would be like, I want, I'm here I for the, the dessert, cookie, not the I company. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel called out. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, oh, I love you, Nat. <laughs> uh, I, I want cake now. Like, that's all right. Like, I'm thinking of dessert and cookies. Anyway, anyway. Uh, um, uh, anyway, I'll, back to the story. OK, so. Atrada is a trained assassin, and she can handle a group of goblins. So this is from the story. Atrada surged into the room like a shadowy tide, Proft strolling along behind her. That will be quite enough of that, he said mildly, as Atrada disarmed the first of the goblin guards. Kranko squawked in surprise, moving so two more of his men could cover him, only to watch them go down as well. The Demir assassin moved with restrained grace, and in moments, all six guards were on the ground, not moving. Etrada moved to start untying Kylox, while Proft focused on Krenko. What? he asked. Are you doing? I, 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 important people have been dying, said Krenko. I'm important. I could be next. He, he indicated Kylox, was talking about doing work for important people, but he wouldn't work for me. He might know something. He's going to tell me. And Kylox says he knows nothing about any of this and thanks Proft for rescuing him. But before Proft can respond, another man smashes in through the window. This man, wielding a dagger, charges for Krenko. But Kylox stands in his way and is hit. And unfortunately, it's too late. Kylox slides across the floor, motionless. Atrada steps in, efficiently dispatching the man's dagger and restraining him, but Kylox, unfortunately, is dead. Poor and Kylox. gone with him is whatever information he had for Ezra. Yeah. So Proft and Atrada turn now to the attacker. Why are you here? The man didn't answer, only snarled at the cowering Krinko. Proft frowned. His eyes aren't focused, Atrada, he said. See? His pupils are too dilated, she said. He's clearly intoxicated. Perhaps. Proft glanced over his shoulder. We need to break the fugue somehow. Allow me, Atrada said, and stepped in front of the man, locking her gaze on his own. There was no outward display of her psychic abilities, but he jerked back, pupils returning to a more normal state as he tried to recoil from her and the fear she had induced. What am I doing here? He demanded, nearly sounding panicked. This isn't the florist. 
My husband's going to kill me. As I suspected, Proft turned to Etrata. People are being brainwashed into these attacks. They can't be held responsible, as you can't. Someone is doing this, and I am going to find out who. Oh my goodness. Okay, I and that's how we end. Love, <laughs> I kind of love that Krinko is like, I'm important. I'm going to be attacked. And as the reader, you're like, no, you're not. You're not important. Like, yeah, mind your business. And then he does get attacked. And then he does get attacked. Yeah, I thought I thought <laughs> Krinko was so full of it. Like, I thought I, I was kind of rolling my eyes at Krinko. I'm yeah. like, uh-huh, sure, sure. But actually, no, he actually did have an assassin sent to kill him. Um, So lucky that Atrada was there to help him out. Yeah, but so unlucky that Kylox was there. I, I mean, know. this is a brilliant, is it, artificer, right? Like, this is someone who... Alquist trusts implicitly. And so now that person is gone and they had information for Ezrim, which is just gone now too. Yeah, and so whatever top secret thing that Kylox was working on for the agency, he was working directly yes. with Ezrim on some sort of prod mysterious project. It just, it makes me wonder what died with him and whether all of these events are maybe interconnected somehow. We just don't. We, and we now we won't ever know. Well, what I read that as is kind of different from how you read it, because I was thinking maybe he's working for a very important person that isn't Ezrum and he needed to tell Ezrum. But I think you might, you know, oh. like, I don't know which one it is. Now I'm now I'm not like, I'm oh, not sure. Oh, now I'm thinking that too. Oh, I didn't even think of. Oh. Yeah, because he could be working for anybody. And he could have he could know the truth, right? Or like you said, he could have been doing something for the agency or for Ezrim, or we just don't know. We definitely know it wasn't with Alquist. We know that. But mm -hmm. beyond that, and or Kaya or Kellen. Or Cranko. But or Crank <laughs> definitely not Cranko. Oh my gosh, Cranko. What what a what an interesting character. And I just it is so frustrating that he did get Kylox killed and because he was being crazy and selfish. But, you know, Cranko's going to Cranko. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It's like a Cranko's going to Cranko. And, <laughs> and this mystery just gets more and more interesting. Moss people. What does Voja have to do with any of this? Aurelia threatening war on the guilds. You know, real low stakes. Well, we'll have to see how all of this plays out in our next episode coming right around the corner. I want to take a moment to send a huge thank you to all you listeners out there, those who are brand new, just tuning in, as well as those who have been with us since the beginning. We appreciate you so much. And for those of you who have also left us a review, you are awesome. If you haven't left us a review yet, we would really appreciate it if you did. Your support and feedback truly means the world to us. We read every single one you send in. So many things to check out these days. Murders at Karlov Manor. The magic set is out right now, so you can see all these characters on cards. You can listen to the full audiobooks also released on our podcast platforms. And you can read up on today's story as well as many more at mtgstory.com. We will see you in our next episode. But until then, have, have a magical, magical day. day.